0: Hi, I'm Greg Lefebvre, and this is The Compulsive Storyteller, a collection of short, personal stories about real events from my life that I can't help telling over and over again. Many of these stories prove the old adage that life can be stranger than fiction. I've decided to make a podcast where, with each episode, I retell one of the best of these stories with music and sound. My therapist thinks that maybe in this way I'll be able to stop compulsively retelling my stories. Well, we'll see about that. This week's story is about how a big tuna, a smart dog, a couple of amateur fishermen, and a little deceit can make for a solid kick in the ribs. Big Bluefin. At the hour of midnight a lone Asian man locks his car in the parking area at the seaward end of the MacMillan Wharf in Provincetown, Massachusetts. I like to walk my dog Tia at that hour because all the tourists are gone and the long pier is relatively empty except for the commercial fishermen who park their pickups by the fish house at the far end. Tia... My super-smart Sheltie border collie female mix gets to go off-leash and sniff and explore all the glorious smells and slime at the dock's edge. As we walk, I am attracted by a small commotion on the narrow walkway between the fish house's receiving door and the edge of the pier. I put Tia back on leash so I can check out what's going on. Just as we reach the edge of the group of onlooking fishermen, a small motorboard emerges from the darkness as it rounds the end of the pier. The boat, with what turns out to be two amateur fishermen on board, is listing badly to the starboard side, where a huge bluefin tuna has been strapped to the gunwale. The boat seems so small and the fish seems so large that the scene is almost comical. Now I know who the lone Asian man is, a Japanese fish buyer. He probably received word of the catch before the fish was even boated. Knowing that only fishermen, staff, and the harbor master are allowed inside the fish house, I walk back to intercept the Japanese buyer as he approaches the back door of the building through the darkness. All it takes is a deep bow with my hands placed together as if to pray for him to see me as a reception committee of one. After we exchange names and bows, Mr. Takahashi and I enter the building, with Tia close behind. The circle of fishermen inside think, of course, that the buyer and I are working together. I solidify this misperception by introducing the buyer and myself to the little assemblage inside. And then the harbormaster and the fish house supervisor introduce themselves as well. Handshakes all around, but no bows. Now everyone's attention turns to the large open double doors where the bluefin is being hoisted by a gantry and boom from the boat below into the fish house. While the fish is still suspended, it is weighed using a calibrated scale built into the gantry line. When the crane operator calls out 1,445 pounds, applause breaks out among the gathered men. Then three fishermen wrestle the fish into position so that it comes down gently to rest on its side. Wow, that's a big fish, I think to myself. My guess is that at its mid-girth, it stands about two or three feet off the slimy fish house floor and is probably at least nine or ten feet long. Tia has her ears up and is all eyes and nose. A fisherman lowers a shiny stainless steel electric saw from above and uses it to precisely cut off the tail and the head, exposing a gaping stomach hole. I'm not sure what has gotten into me, but I feel so secure in my role as the buyer's mate and in the knowledge that this is by far the largest piece of meat that Tia has ever seen that I give her a little leash so she can approach the decapitated bluefin. The fish buyer is horrified, of course, for reasons of hygiene, but maybe he also sees this as some sort of weird American fish house tradition. A look around the rest of the circle of viewers tells me that everyone seems interested in what the dog will do, so I feed her all the leash she needs. Very tentatively at first, she moves forward, then inserts her whole head into the stomach cavity, tail stiff at attention, not wagging at all. At that moment, I'm not sure exactly what happens, but from somewhere deep inside the tuna's stomach comes a loud, percussive belching sound, and Tia rockets back in reverse, hitting my shins with her hindquarters and sending me sprawling onto the slimy and slippery floor. While everyone laughs, I wallow and slip a bit before being helped to my feet by the two strong-armed amateur fishermen. My pants are a mess. Clear slime, fish scales, chunks of offal all stick to my Calvin Klein khakis. Now comes the fat content test. A small scoop of red meat is taken from the cut-off tail. After a fisherman mixes the sample in a test tube, he then shakes it and adds some litmus paper. He calls out in an enthusiastic voice that the fat content of the fish is exceptionally high. I'm familiar with all this because a few months earlier I'd finished a book called Bluefin, which reviewed the whole big tuna industry, from how a bluefin is caught and boated, to record catches and sails, and finishing off with the sad plight of the whole industry, since the global population of the fish is plummeting precipitously for a variety of reasons, not the least of which is Japan's insatiable appetite for tuna. The most astonishing fact that I remember from the book is that a large bluefin, properly boated so the meat isn't damaged and with high fat content can fetch at least $25 a pound at dockside. A little simple math tells me that 1,445 pounds times $25 a pound means that these two amateur fishermen are about to be rich, or at least relatively speaking. After the murmur of appreciation for the fat content subsides, the negotiations begin. The two amateur fishermen the fish house supervisor, and the buyer and myself stand in a small circle, inside the larger circle. I'm really pushing my luck, but I'm on a roll. Why not? The Japanese buyer starts with an opening bid, $5 a pound, which is laughably low. But hey, this is a negotiation. However, one of the amateurs immediately responds, we'll take it. What the hell I say to myself? We'll take it? We'll take it? These two amateur idiots are gonna readily accept seven grand for a fish that's easily worth thirty or thirty five thousand dollars? Jesus, I think. And I blurt out, don't you two know that this tuna is worth four or five times that amount? My question, of course, totally blows my cover, and then a number of things happen in quick succession. At once the two amateurs, the fish house supervisor and all the surrounding staff and fishermen know that since I'm now working against the interest of the fish buyer, I'm not with him and their angry reactions tell the buyer that I'm not one of the fishermen either. The supervisor quickly queries, "'Who the fuck are you?' I stammer and sheepishly share, "'I I was just walking my dog and walked in with a fish buyer.'" Members of the circle groan and curse, shaking their heads from side to side, and some spit on the floor in disgust. Even the amateurs, who I'm only trying to help, are pissed off. "'Damn,' I say to myself, "'no good deed goes unpunished.'" "'What?' says the harbormaster." Get him the fuck out of here. With that, i manhandle manhandled to the door, accompanied by an outburst of growling from Tia, who sadly takes a good kick in the ribs because of my escapades. The door slams behind us, and we're again alone, both walking sheepishly into the shadows of the darkened wharf. As the summer progresses, I try on several evenings to get Tia to walk out on the pier but she's having no part of it. Maybe she's a lot wiser than her owner. After a second failed attempt one night, I say out loud to Tia, sayonara big tuna, and she looks back at me with her head cocked in total confusion. The Compulsive Storyteller is produced by Peter Kokoma and me, Greg Lefebvre. Our theme music was made by Peter Kokoma. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love your help sharing the show. Please subscribe to The Compulsive Storyteller on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts, and it would be great if you'd leave a review. Follow the show on Instagram, at The Compulsive Storyteller, and check out our website for more information at thecompulsivestoryteller.com. Thanks for listening, and if you didn't like this one, the next one will be another story.